good audio. Okay, thank you guys. <laughs> I forgot to turn on the microphone. <laughs> smooth, really smooth. I'm gonna start from the top, obviously. Um, welcome guys, uh, I'm really glad you're all here. And today I am going to chat um, about how I overcame uh, chewing tobacco or an addiction to chewing tobacco uh, on my road and on my journey towards becoming a CrossFit Games athlete, um, podium, you know, in my first year and then winning the CrossFit Games twice. Uh, it, this wasn't the reason I, I won the CrossFit Games, but it certainly was one of the components, one of the elements that helped build my confidence and build my mindset as I, uh, you know, as I progressed towards the CrossFit Games. So with all that said, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm going to share a bit about my story. You'll probably relate to it, whether you have a chewing tobacco addiction, smoking addiction, or have other addictions. Like these things have lots of common threads. So uh, I'll cover all of that. And I'll also offer at the end of the uh, webinar, the live stream here, I'll make sure you guys have a couple of discount codes for things that I think could be helpful as you look to ditch this habit. Um, I think we can really help here. So for me, starting chewing tobacco was not something I ever, ever thought I would do. When I was in high school, kids were chewing tobacco like left and right. And I just had no desire, no, um, you know, inkling, never thought I would ever chew tobacco. And in my 20s, like I'm certainly not going to chew tobacco. You know, I, I am a therapist in my early 30s, master's degree in counseling. I see clients every day, all of that. But I did find myself, um, you know, addicted to other things. I was addicted to like ice cream at the time and I was thick and, you know, I had other things that helped me cope with some of the stressors I had in my life. And then uh, my brother-in-law at the time, he was a, he's a teenager and, and we were on vacation one time and he was like, Hey, you know, uh, you want to try this? I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll try it. It's fine. You know, whatever. It's really no big deal. And I liked it. I liked it. You know, it was, uh, uh, it was cherry skull. If you can imagine, if you're a tobacco chewer, my first experience was with cherry skull, uh, long cut. I put it in and I liked it. And it was a road trip, uh, this particular vacation. And so on the way back on the road trip, I picked up a can. I thought it would be kind of fun to, you know, have a, uh, a dip in while I was traveling. And, uh, and I figured like, that's probably it. Like it's literally, this is just kind of a vacation thing. No big deal. And so that was fine. And I went back to work and I was again, counseling clients, um, you know, counseling clients like one-on-one -on -one. and I'd always be drinking coffee. You know, I always have my coffee cup. I'd be, take a sip of coffee. And I found that if I bought Starbucks on the way to counsel to, to my, uh, to my, my work as a counselor, um, I'd have this cup with a lid with a little hole in it. And one day I put some tobacco in, and just, just, you know, smashed it. This is what we do as tobacco users. Like you put one in, you smash it in there really good and no one knows. The only people that know are other tobacco users. They know when you smile, it's a little crooked. They know something is up um, and they can spot it. I had a neighbor that was like, he was hiding it as well. And I was hiding it. And he was like, hey, you got one in, don't you? I was like, how do you know? He's like, oh, I can tell. And I could catch him with one in as well. but. Um, I found myself immediately hiding this behavior, but I would, at work, I would pop a dip in and I'd have this coffee cup and I was spinning it. I, I had like, if I was in the car, 
you know, I would take like a LaCroix with me or, you know, some sort of can of, of bubble water that I would drink. And I would very quickly chug that. And then that can would be something that I would, I would spit in. And I, I, um, you know, it, it, it created, created conflict. You know, I was asked by my spouse to quit tobacco, um, you know, within a year or two, like I was asked, you know, to quit. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, I'll quit. I'll quit. So I threw it away. Literally no big deal. I'm going to quit. And like one day later, I went back and picked up a can and went into hiding and literally just hid that forever. Um, I did learn that I could, I could hide easier if I switched from, you know, like, uh, grounds of tobacco to like little pouches, a little pouch you could pop in. I could put it way back over here. No one would know still just smash it in. No big deal. Um, but I would find myself doing behaviors that I didn't want to be doing. Um, you know, I knew, I knew specifically the gas stations in route to wherever I was going or whatever my work was at the time. I knew the gas station that had skull bandits, these little pouches that I liked. And I actually think about like when I owned a CrossFit gym, I was a CrossFit gym owner and I was trying to get to the CrossFit games, but I knew the gas station, the diamond shamrock on the corner on this one street, they always had skull bandits. Uh, and I did get caught. I mean, I got caught because I would buy them with a credit card. And then, uh, you know, when my spouse saw the credit card statement, she'd see this four or $5 charge and be like, Hey, What's this four or $5 charge? Well, you never go to the gas station and get $5 of gas. No one does that. What was I thinking? I need to be able to hide this better than that. Like, let, come on, let's get smart about this. So I started having cash in the car always. So I'd pop in and pay with cash. And if I was out of cash, here's your solution. You just buy like three or four cans. It looks like $20, $25 of gas. There you go. Now you fully hidden and are completely lying and being deceptive as all get out. And so that's what I did. I was really good at it. Um, I had lots of anxiety when I was traveling. You know, if I was to travel out of the country uh, or or anything, and I had to pack a bag, I would I would buy a few cans and 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 put them and hide them in my bag just in case TSA searched my bag. I didn't care if they found the tobacco, but I was hiding it from my family. So I need to make sure my family didn't catch me with that tobacco. And that's just not acceptable behavior. It's not how I want to live. But I stuck with it. I, like there was just no way I was quitting. I had no idea. There's no way I'm gonna quit. You know, I'm wondering if you guys relate to that. Can you relate to that hiding or even that anxiety, that panic that like, oh my God, I only have like I only have this much left in my little can right here. Um, and I'm out. I need to figure out a reason to go to the store. Why would I need to go to the store right now so I can go and get ice cream for the kids? You know, I'm gonna go get ice cream for the kids. It's no big deal. I'm just gonna happen to stop by like the gas station on the way. I'm not saying that because I've got cash in the car and we keep all that underground and hidden. And that's what I did. I did that really well. Uh, and I absolutely hated it. So um, I got caught. I mean, I was not perfect at this. I got caught. So the funny thing is, and I, I'm gonna be transparent. We're gonna talk because this is a real stinking thing. So obviously, you know, the way you get rid of tobacco is you never put it in the trash. Someone's going to see it in the trash. So you're never putting it there in a wastebasket or something like that. Um, you just you know, spit the pouch in the toilet, flush the toilet. It's totally fine. I got caught like three or four times uh, over, over the years where like I forgot to flush the toilet or, or I'm suspicious of the toilet. I think the toilet 
did I think it came back because I I would get caught. I get this random phone call like, hey, there's tobacco in the toilet or a tobacco pouch in the toilet. You know anything about that? And that was awful. I'd have to, oh no, it was my neighbor. It was Nick. Nick came in and he's about it's gotta be Nick's. I mean, I would literally make this shit up and, and just lie right on the spot. Um, I mean, there was one time where my spouse was like, do you have a, do you have tobacco in? I'm like, no, nope. And she's like, can you show me your teeth? I'm like, sure. And I literally pushed, <laughs> like I literally worked one way back into my, you know, all of that. So, uh, Aaron, I see poor Nick now. Nick was my neighbor. He was also hiding as well. So he blamed me multiple times. We had each other's back. So this was an agreement. And we would just, we would take one for the team. We'd take one for the team for each other. <laughs> that was a good comment. Um, but no, I would, I had wonderful strategies uh, for hiding this thing. Um, but the reality was I wanted to quit. There's consequences to chewing tobacco. And I mean, obviously like, like gum cancer, mouth cancer. Like we don't want that. But if I were to see pictures of that and know that that could be 10, 20, 30 years down the road, it'd be horrifying. And it is horrifying when you see something like that, but that wasn't enough to shake me. It, it's just not enough. Um, I, it increases my, it increased my blood pressure. So I had high blood pressure in my early thirties. I remember going and getting tested and I had high blood pressure and it scared the pants off me. Not enough to quit tobacco, but I did start running more. And I was thick. And if you know my story, I was thick. I tried to run to overcome, you know, just eating garbage all the time and eating very poorly. And tobacco didn't help, but it certainly wasn't giving up tobacco, you know? So, you know, I had that. Uh, tobacco can get in the way of dudes. You know, if you chew tobacco, tobacco can get in the way of like sexual performance. Um, it's just one of those things. It messes with your blood pressure. And all of that leads to other things, not doing what you want them to do. Um, so that's, that's another thing. Like there's, but I can't get rid of this. I remember I went to a therapist and I planned like, I'm going to quit and I'm going to see him about quitting. So I ended up working with all about all this other stuff in my life with this therapist. And I said, yeah, I really want to quit tobacco. And he's like, okay, so next time you come bring a can of tobacco and, and we're going to work on this. And so I never saw him again. Like I couldn't do it. I knew he was going to help me quit. And I just couldn't. It was like a safety blanket. It was the strangest thing, um, but I couldn't shake it. It was shameful. I felt terrible. Now, there was one time where I needed life insurance. And I, uh, <laughs> let's say this, now I'm saying this on the record. This is quite a while ago, but I needed life insurance with kids. I needed life insurance. And I marked it at the time as, um, you know, non-tobacco user. And they were going to do blood tests and it takes three to four weeks for that blood test to come back clear with, with no tobacco in it. So I quit tobacco a week before the blood test and I drank gallons of water. I, I, I looked up ways to, to, to decontaminate your blood. And all, I mean, none of that stuff actually really works. I can't imagine. But I drank so much water that week, that blood test happened and I, and they left and I was like, okay, I think I'm done with tobacco. I think I'm done. And within an hour, I was driving to go and get that um, that other can of tobacco. So I'm I know that that if you're on this, you have wanted to quit, you've tried to quit, you may have quit, and now you're back. And I get all of that. I completely get all of that. So one of the things I've 
with with tobacco is it 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 has me doing things that don't match with who I want to be. And I think that's what what addiction ends up doing, you know, whether it's like tobacco or drinking, which uh, my next video will be on on, you know, how I stopped drinking three to four beers every night, every day, um, heavy beers. Um, it was binging TV or eating McDonald's every day. You know, I've I've had a client that, you know, he is eating McDonald's literally every day and he, he drives by one and he always gets something. And it's just this this addiction. It becomes panicky. That's what addiction is about. You know, some people just buy random shit and that's part of their addiction. Um, but it doesn't match who you want to be. So how do we quit? You know, how did I quit? Um, first of all, um, I told somebody, like I told my best friend, like, I mean, of course, Nick, <laughs> my buddy, he knew I chewed tobacco, but that wasn't helpful. That's enabling. When I decided I wanted to quit, I had to tell somebody that I've been hiding chewing tobacco for 10 years. I've been hiding it, hiding it from my kids, hiding it from my spouse. Everything in my world was hiding this this stupid habit. And I needed to tell somebody and tell somebody like how hard it is to manage that stress. Um, you, you, the, like try kissing someone with tobacco in. I mean, you know, if you're watching this, you know, like you're very careful because um, it's just ridiculous. And especially if someone is looking to smell you, it's just terrible. So I think first of all, um, it takes honesty and you just have to tell somebody um, and also tell somebody that you intend to quit. Um, so it is literally uh, checking in with someone every day. It's time to toss the can and then tell someone every day and check in with them every single day. And I'll make this offer to you. If you need someone to check in with every day and to let them know today sucked, today was really hard, today I bought another can, I, I had a dip and I threw it up. If you need me to be your accountability, just reach out to me via you know DM or messages or text me or email me. It doesn't matter. Find me. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to do that with you because accountability is a big piece, but it's not the only piece. It doesn't, it doesn't work when it comes down to it. You just stop with your accountability part. You just stop. You're like, Hey, yeah, I'm not doing it. I blew it. And this addiction can sometimes overpower that. That's why accountability isn't the only piece. We have to think in this like kind of three pillar approach that includes accountability. And the second thing is, is, is a mindset change. You know, something has to change in your mind. It's not for me, it was, it was not, I am going to quit tobacco or I want to quit tobacco. Or I, if I, if I don't quit tobacco, I'm going to get cancer or I'm tired of hiding. All of those things were not as important for me. I had just qualified for the CrossFit games in 2018. I'm sitting in the hot tub uh, at my apartment and I was, I was just kind of basket. I was like, I can't believe I'm a games athlete. I am a games athlete now. Like the minds I, I just called, I am now a CrossFit games athlete. And it was a huge honor, something I always wanted to be. And it occurred to me as I had a dip in, like a games athlete doesn't chew tobacco. Like a CrossFit games athlete doesn't chew tobacco. And that was it. That was the mindset shift for me. That's it. And I literally, I got out of the hot tub, spit the dip out, threw the can away, got back in the hot tub. And I, and I thought, God, this is going to suck. It's going to be really hard. And I knew it was going to be hard. Every minute, every hour, every habit, every time I got in the car, every time I needed to work on my computer, every time I needed to, to do something like, like go fishing or go backpacking, all of those things had tobacco attached to them. And this was going to be 
hard, really, really hard. It's going to be a loss. It was my thing. It was something that I did that I wanted to get rid of. But a CrossFit Games athlete doesn't chew tobacco. Um, and yeah, maybe there's some CrossFit Games that, that freaking chew tobacco. But I don't. I'm a CrossFit Games athlete. I don't chew tobacco. And I could also reframe that in my mind as, you know, I'm a healthy dad. I could look at my kids, have a picture of my kids on the side of my computer. I'm a healthy dad. And a healthy dad doesn't chew tobacco. You know, a healthy man doesn't chew tobacco. That's just a reality. And I think that's a fair thing to say. A healthy man doesn't chew tobacco. A healthy man is not addicted and doesn't need the crutch of any of these ridiculous addictions that are that are just manufactured to, to rope us in. No, that's not me. That's not me. I stand on my own two feet. I create my world. I create what I want. I'm a CrossFit Games athlete. I'm a dad. I'm a man who doesn't chew tobacco. And that's it. Simple enough. So day two was hard. Like I was, I was irritable. I was hard. It was, it was like giving up food. I mean, it was like that. Day three was really hard. Day four was hard. Day seven was hard. No way around it. Um, I actually went six months, just cold Turkey, six months. I was so proud of myself. I felt good, but it was, it was really right around the six month mark. And I had these ridiculous, crazy cravings. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I was stuck. I was like, I, I, man, I need, I need to back. I'm going back. I'm going back. And I happened to be talking to my friend, Justin at a, at a barbecue thing. And I was like, man, I, I just want to go back to tobacco. And I knew, I think, I think I knew that he was a tobacco chewer. And he's like, man, have you ever heard of, heard of grinds? And I was like, no, what's that? I was like, oh, it's like, it's like these little pouches. Literally it's a, it's a can of tobacco. I happen to have one right here. It looks just like this. So grinds. Uh, it's little tobacco pouches. I'll show you the, the little pouches, not tobacco. It's little coffee pouches. So if you're a tobacco user and you know pouches, oh, I dropped one. They look just like this. They look just like this. Simple enough. It's disgusting habit, but that's what it is. It's simple enough. This is coffee. Um, coffee grounds. That's all that's in there. There's no sugar. Uh, there is some flavor. Like this is vanilla. I love it. It's vanilla. So anyway, that night, Justin was like, hey, you know, um, I have an extra couple of cans if you want to try it. And I was like, yeah, please. So we brought it to the gym the next day for me. This is when I still own the gym. And I popped one in and problem solved. Game over. I found the third pillar. I found it. So one, I needed to get honest and have someone I could be accountable to. Two, I needed to change my mindset. You know, I needed to just reframe who I am. I'm a, I'm a games athlete and a games athlete doesn't, chew tobacco. And then I needed something that to replace that. Uh, and I knew that I, I, I know that about myself. This is one of my strategies. It always has been when I was addicted to ice cream, I ate ice cream every night for like eight years, <laughs> a bowl of ice cream every night with chocolate on it, like vanilla ice cream, mint chocolate chip with a little chocolate sauce on it. And if there wasn't ice cream, I was literally going to leave and drive and go get ice cream that night. And I, I realized at a certain point, like in my late 20s, you can't do that. You just can't do that. So I uh, I switched to popsicles <laughs> and I ate like three or four popsicles every single night when I was doing because I, I had this just pent up like I want ice cream I, and I ate popsicles. And this may sound ridiculous. <laughs> it's popsicles. So he's Welch's popsicles. And I don't love popsicles. I, I've really actually I don't like popsicles at all. But it broke that habit and eventually it's just stopped eating popsicles. And now I have two cartons of ice cream in that freezer. 
right out there. I don't know. I probably won't have a bowl of ice cream tonight. I don't care. Like I, I have it. I don't, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. At one point earlier this year, I shared with the world, you know, that I was, I was drinking two, sometimes three glasses of wine every night. And I've been doing that through the fall of last year, you know, kind of, I got into a habit of having a glass of wine with COVID. I was, yeah, all that stuff. And I, it just, you know, over time, I was having a glass of wine every single night and sometimes more than a glass, sometimes two or three. And I actually woke up in January, middle of January of 2021, hungover. And like hungover. And it, it wasn't the first time in the last, in that three months, probably woke up hungover like once a week. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm done. So I called a friend. Same guy. I was like, dude, I'm drinking every night. I'm drinking like a glass of wine or two or three. And lots of times it's three. And I'm waking up hungover a couple times a month. I had to get real. I had to get open about that. And it was awful. It was awful to admit that. And then I actually pub made it public. I was like, well, I'm, I'm already here. I'm just going to make it public. That's it. And I changed my mindset. You know, um, a healthy man doesn't drink three glasses of wine every night. That's easy. Um, but that wasn't what was going to end it for me. I needed to have that behavior change, right? The behavior change was key. And so uh, the day I decided it was a Sunday morning, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to get honest about this. Tell some people and I'm going to stop drinking for a while. Um, I needed to break the habit, break the routine, break the eating ice cream every night, having tobacco with me all the time, drinking a glass of wine every night. I need to break that habit. So I went and I bought four cases of Zevia's root beer flavored Zevia. And Zevia is just a, it's just a carbonated water that has flavor. Uh, I eventually ended up switching to Topo Chico's, which are also amazing. Um, and I just, I was like, I, money is no object. If I drink five of these Zevia's every night, but I don't drink a glass of wine, I win. I'm, I win. And that like four cases, not four cases, four 12 packs of Zevia's cost less than boxed wine. So it's actually saving money in this whole process. But that third pillar, that behavior replacement component was the key. And I, that was it. I didn't drink wine. I didn't drink a drop of alcohol for three months. And it felt great. Uh, and at three months, I was like, okay, yeah, let me, I, I, I really like wine. I'd like to have a glass of wine. So I had one with like three Zevias, but after it. So I didn't have more than one glass. And it was great. Like not having wine for three months and then having a glass, you're like, oh, that's right. That tastes really good tastes really good. It doesn't have the addictive qualities that tobacco does though. For me, tobacco now is something I can't go back to. I can't have one. That's it. I can't have one. Um, in fact, on backpacking trips with my brother-in-law, with my 20-year-old son, like we would smoke like a, like a pipe, you know, old school tobacco pipe. Uh, and that was just really just kind of nostalgic. My grandfather smoked a pipe. So uh, I gave pipes to my friends, like his gifts sometimes, like really cool old school wood pipes. So we would sometimes do that on backpacking trips. But since I quit tobacco, like I'm not, I can't even do that in my mind. I don't want to trigger any of those responses. Uh, so I'm steering clear of that. It's an addictive thing. And this is just me guys. Um, you know, everybody else has their own reason why they quit. Uh, but I encourage you, if you need an accountability partner, if you need someone to walk alongside you, you know, give it 30 days, 30 days of check-in, reach out to me. I'm happy to help, you know, change that mindset. I am a person who doesn't chew tobacco and fill in the blank. I am a blank who doesn't chew tobacco and let that sink in and share that with people. 
I'm a CrossFit Games athlete and a dad and a man that doesn't chew tobacco. I just don't. It's done. And also, man, you don't have to do it. It's behavioral. Like it's totally behavioral. Like go for it. Grab these things. Um, it's it's literally no problem. So, really quick, I'm going to open up. Um, you know, any questions that you have. I want to keep this short, simple, to the point, answer any questions that you have. But before I jump into questions, I just want to share with you guys, um, you know, if you're interested in grinds, uh, these are great. There's other brands out there. I'm just, this is where I started. So I just stuck with them. I have one in right now. This is, you know, I was a little nervous before jumping onto the live stream. So I'm like, heck yeah, I'm gonna put one in there. Of course it's tucked in on this side. This is the standard side but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with using something like this. I'll go days without using it, without even thinking about it. And then sometimes there's days when I'll have four or five, no big deal. Uh, but there's a discount code for grinds. They gave me a discount code to share with you guys. Uh, you just Google grinds, uh, tobacco replacement. That's simple enough. Or go to getgrinds.com. And when you check out, use the promo code grub10, my last name and the number 10, to get 10% off everything. I actually have this on a subscription. They send me a certain amount of cans every three months. So I just have a supply at all times. Now, if you decide to quit right now, quit right now, you can find these ironically at like smoke shops um, I, in, in different places of the world or in, in, in the US, there's little places called smoker friendly. So you go in there and buy packs of cigarettes or tobacco, or whatever. They sell these over the counter and that's fine. So if you need to grab some really quick, just tomorrow morning, just, just go get a couple of cans. Um, so you can start this journey right now and then go online and like do a subscription, um, use grub 10, save 10% off. Uh, at the same time, Hey, we do have a ditch the dad bod challenge coming. Uh, and we do this every month. So if you're watching this or you're watching a replay of this stream, uh, anybody who watches this can get 15% off the next Ditch the Dad Bod Challenge. Just use the code WEBINAR, capital, lower capital, lowercase, doesn't matter, just WEBINAR, and you'll get 15% off that as well. So we've got um, Brian's discount code. We've got WEBINAR. I'll include that in the show notes or in the description below, of course. But yeah, guys, I'm just going to hang out here for a couple of minutes and watch the, the chat uh, if there's any questions specifically that you have for me about this. Let's see what we got. Ah, yes. So Bill Lewis, thanks for sharing. Athletic Brewing has helped you not drink regular beer. Yes. Yeah. When I talk about, I'm going to do another webinar on how I quit drinking three to four beers every night. And this was early in my CrossFit career. Not when I started CrossFit. I started CrossFit and even in that first year, I was still drinking three to four beers every single night. Um, yeah, not good. Not good. It's a lot of calories and straight up alcoholism right there. You know, it's just every night I did that. So um, I'll talk about kind of how I did that. But there are some really nice non-alcoholic products out there. Um, Heineken is coming out with, if they haven't come to market with, but I know that they, they're coming out with a low carb and no alcohol beer. And you know, what's funny is like, you know, if you just quit beer and you quit beer for a while and then you have something like, um, you know, the athletic brewery or, um, you know, I even had, I, I've drank non-alcoholic beers, you know, through the years and they're fine. It's fine. There's lots of non-alcoholic options. And for me, I also don't mind, like if I'm going out and I'm, I'm in a mixer or something like that and just, you know, 
getting, you know, carbonated water with a lemon in it, like, or lime. It's delicious. People think I've got, you know, a really fancy drink there, but I'm just, I've got that. And obviously, if I'm going to something like that, the habit that kicks in or the, the ritual in my mind is like, I've got to have a, a piece of tobacco in my I've got to have a dip in. So that's so why I'll definitely have grinds with me. I was actually thinking, um, how many of you guys, if you were hiding this, if you're hiding this, this was another strategy that I used. And I'm going to just keep glancing down at the chat. But one of the strategies I used to hide tobacco, because um, you can't just have this in your pocket or a can of tobacco in your pocket. Like people see that. Like it's clear, crystal clear. My kids, anybody could see that I had tobacco right there. So I had a special pocket in my backpack, obviously, um, a nice little hidden pocket. But if I was going out without a backpack, a Ziploc bag folded in fourths, you know, just perfectly folded and tucked into the change pocket of your jeans. Cause you can't like grab your phone, pull your phone out of your pocket and have a bag of tobacco fall out. I mean, I've had that happen and I had to learn from that, but yeah, you just fold that up, put it in your change pocket. And that's another really great way to hide this ridiculously terrible habit from the people you love. So there's some tips it's for free. That's for free guys. All right. Ah, yeah. Great question, Aaron. You know, how long did it take me to start feeling great after quitting? Yeah. Really interesting. Um, God, I want to say that I want to say the first day was really tough because I was irritable and, and things felt off. Um, but I'm thinking I quit on a Sunday. It was a Sunday night and I worked out Monday, worked out Tuesday, worked out Wednesday, rested Thursday. I think by Friday, I felt good. I felt good in my body. Um, yeah, I felt that change. And I was also just so proud of myself. So I just throw this out. I made it fucking five days because that's what I felt like. I'm five days in. I've got this. Um, and that was really, really good feeling. So whether I felt good or was this like this, this built up feeling like I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It could have been that too, Aaron. That's a good question. Now, from a blood pressure standpoint, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had high blood pressure as a CrossFitter in my late 30s, early 40s. I didn't quit tobacco till I was 42. 42. So two and a half years ago, actually. Um, but prior to that, like around my 40th birthday, um, you know, getting my blood pressure was super high. It was a, it was high, it, like concerningly high, for a guy that's super healthy. Um, and and in in my food and my diet and all of the things except for tobacco, yeah, it wasn't wasn't healthy there either. But um, yeah, I quit that. Now my blood pressure is super happy. It's good. I'm a healthy, happy 45 year old dude who doesn't chew tobacco now. Uh, let me take a look here, guys. How long did I get through the weekdays? How did you get through the weekdays? Busy day, tired. Great question, uh, David. Really great question. And by the way, David, I'm glad that we're going to be working together. Um, so. You know, David, on the weekdays, week, how did I get through the weekdays? Like the days when I felt the weakest. Um, man, without the replacement, without a replacement crutch, it was really hard. And I did. I stayed busy. You asked a good question. Um, you know, there were a couple of times when I tried to quit earlier uh, in my life. And I didn't have, I tried eating like candy or suckers or um, uh, eat nuts or do something to replace it. None of that worked. None of that really helped. The only thing that really helped was just, you know, focus. Okay, hey, I'm going to make it to the next hour. I'm going to make it to the next hour. I'm going to make it to the next hour. I'm going to get through this project. 
man, that urge is here right now, but I'm going to focus on what I'm doing right here. And I'm going to deal with this urge later. And I would literally just defer that and defer that. Okay, it's time to work out. Well, okay, I got a two-hour workout here, or hour and a half workout. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to deal with it later. Um, you know, ironically, it's it's literally almost the same strategy. And it gets better. It gets better. It, it, later, it's not as powerful. Like the 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 addiction that those feelings they come in these swells right and all you have to do is ride out the swell like imagine waves you just have to ride it out and later the swell isn't that big it's like oh yeah gosh like, like three o'clock i was dying it's like six o'clock now really i'm okay i'm doing good i'm, I'm not feeling it you know like nine o'clock you might have another swell and you can just expect that to happen these swells happening over and over again but you don't have to react to them if you can just ride out the swell and yes jump into work Jump on a call, chug some water, call a friend, call me, David, especially, you know, call me. Um, yeah, just get through it and ride out the swell, man. That's it. Just ride it out. Tough it out because it's going to get better. Um, that's how swells work and that's how addiction works. It just kind of um, kind of eases off over time, that swell. And then the swells get less and less and they get less severe and less severe. And you just hold out, man, by week two, the swells are so small. Week three... Week three, you're good. You miss it. You miss the habit. You miss getting in the car and popping in a dip, but it becomes less and less and less. The trigger is less and less. Um, you know, two years later, yeah, on a road trip, man, that's when it wants to kick in. That's probably the hardest part when I'm going on a road trip. It wants, that's that's when I probably get triggered the most now. And um, yeah, I'm just going to make sure I've got these. And if you're wondering, I've got a backup can right here. And don't worry, I have like three backup cans over there. Well, I mean, it's got a shipment. So I have a bunch of these, um, but I'm going to make sure that I have that. And I think that's a totally fine way to make it through the swells, especially now that there's really just no brainer replacements, pop one of these in, ride the swell and you're good. And these don't foster that addiction. Um, they don't have that chemical response that, that nicotine has, right? Nicotine is our enemy in this thing. Um, I also, clearly didn't mention and didn't recommend nicotine gum or nicotine patches. Like those aren't the replacements that we're going after. Um, that stuff has teeth like nicotine. Nicotine is, is the enemy in that. That's just something that causes our body to continue to want that and want that and want that and decreasing that nicotine in, um, over time. That's just, it just takes too long. It's too hard. It's, it's reinforcing nicotine. Um, and I, I think it's, I just think they're, um, it's just another, it's another addictive substance I don't want to go for. So, um, gum or grinds when we need to have that oral fixation, it's a legitimate thing. Let's see. I got a question in here, Bill Lewis. Oh, thanks for the code. Awesome, dude. Bill just ordered some grinds. All right. I'm so happy guys. Um, I did want to wrap this up at about the 30 minute mark, but, um, I'm going to leave this open to, uh, discussion in the comments. And as, people get a chance to re-watch this and, and review this, um, please if, mention me in the comments. If you have a question, if you need to talk one-on-one, -on -one, uh, don't hesitate to, to reach out. I'm more than happy to help. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, I would love if you would subscribe to the channel. It helps support the channel so that we can reach more people and just help more dudes live healthy lives. All right, guys. Appreciate all of you. And again, don't forget to leave comments below, tag me in there. I'm happy to help. Reach out whenever you need to. And we'll see you next time.